Yes, better watch out. Uh, Two thousand. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. better watch out. It's time to change. Oh my god, I'll be shaving soon. Thank you, folks. Andy is finally going through puberty. We were all hopeful. He's becoming a man. Finally. We thought thought his, you know. Unlike the asshole kid in this movie. Aww. Aww. I mean, he's going to become a man someday. He's only 12. Mate, true. It's Candy Coated Rich. Like, really? Flip me the bird. Yeah, it's Candy Coated one. <laughs> it is Candy Coated Razor Blades. I am your host, Bob. The trebuchet marks that your parents are too stupid to find. And these are my co-hosts. Introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Alex. And I am exactly as tacky as both ties that Patrick Warburton wore in this movie. <laughs> and I'm Andy. And are you sure you've never sucked another man's cock? <laughs> no. Uh, no. No, I'm not sure at no, all. Because fact, frankly, that's all I do. In fact, when we account for this room... Yeah. I'm three for three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah Which, pretty- um, uh, all listeners, there's a third person in the room that, other than myself, there are four yeah. people in this room, just so <laughs> everyone does not think that I auto, auto-fellatiated. Um, I haven't been able to do that since I was 16. I speak for third person. <laughs> <laughs> I am a third person. <laughs> so, today, kids, in keeping with our holiday theme, we are talking about Better Watch Out, as uh, as I announced to you earlier this week. Andy, give us the details, please. Better Watch Out 2016, now streaming exclusively on Shudder. <clears throat> Directed by... God. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get through this name. Directed by Chris Peckover. <laughs> really? I know, we're just leaving that alone. Um, written story by Zach Kahn, screenplay by Zach Kahn and Chris <coughs> Peckover. It's really Peckover. not that funny. Yes, it is. It's not as funny as Harold, but... Hurlbut? Yeah. Hurlbut was pretty good. Peckover, uh... Shuttlebutt. Don't peck over, because he Hurlbut. <laughs> that, that didn't work. They can't all be winners, kids. They can, though. Um, you've got the cast, right? So you're gonna... Yep. So, the synopsis. Our new thing we're doing, for all you listeners at home... <laughs> Instead of yelling over me trying to do it... Oh. I don't yell. Yeah. I silently interrupted. <laughs> I went... Bob, what are you doing? We just create, we, you said we weren't going to do this. Yeah, and now we're going to do it. Uh-huh. We're going to do it. Better Watch Out stars Olivia DeJong, a 17-year-old Ashley who has kept busy babysitting far too evil and intelligent Luke, played by Levi Miller, during the Christmas holiday season. Yes, kids, this is supposed to be our Christmas episode. Luke and best friend Garrett, played by Ed Oxenbold, fresh from his time visiting his grandparents. I love the visit. <laughs> Uh, seem to have set up a plan to win the affections of Ashley. The night begins smoothly with Luke going further than a 12-year-old should to, to win the affections of said Ashley, which quickly does take a turn when a brick appears upstairs stating, you leave, you die. Garrett runs out the back, scared, being shot by an unidentified shooter. Shocked, Ashley and Luke run upstairs to hide from a masked intruder hiding in Luke's closet. Ashley recognizes the mask from earlier and stops the charade by revealing Garrett to be alive and the masked intruder. <laughs> Angered. Wow, this is a serious synopsis, yeah. Right? Oh. 
There's a uh, three more. There's two more paragraphs. Okay, Does it need to be shorter. No, keep going. Uh, okay, but, yeah, we may break it up. I don't know. We'll we figure might. it out. Just read it for now. Do it. We'll work it out. Do it. You had four days to read this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just like, wow, dude. Um, no, it's, it's, uh, no, keep going. Angered, Ashley announces <laughs> that Luke is a psychopath for putting together a plan to scare her into sleeping with him and goes to leave. Luke then bitch slaps her at the top of the stairs, causing her to fall to the first floor, being knocked unconscious. Aww. So we can go from there. Um, if I read any further, I would spoil it so we can talk about that first part if we want. And then I think I can we've, move we've on. already we've already nearly well, I guess. Yeah, we, it yeah. can't really be that much of a spoiler because it's it's pretty well known at this point that this movie has a twist in the first act. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, spoiler alert, there's a twist. So do we, I mean, do we want to, I don't know, there's not a I mean, you to... spoiled it in the first sentence when you said the kid was evil. Is there a way to actually even talk about this movie without hitting no, that twist? No, no. So I'm to read no the next way. two paragraphs then? Go right ahead. Yeah. We can edit, you can edit as, we'll, as see fit. We'll throw it together. Luke binds and gags Ashley as he begins to reveal his true sinister nature. Rick, uh, Ricky, played by Alexis Mickick, arrives based on a text he received from Ashley, quickly revealed to have been sent by Luke who attempts to knock out Rick, Ricky, which fails miserably, because he doesn't know how hard to hit someone in the head with a baseball bat, apparently. apparently yeah. uh, Garrett then, uh, wielding a shotgun that came out of nowhere, um, stops Ricky. They gag him as well, tie him up to the chair. They then try out the Home Alone trick to see if the paint can really does work. Oh God! <laughs> which does eventually smash in Ricky's head, which is the best visual thing when you see the two yellow streaks with the the gap yeah. in the middle. I, I have uh, I have commentary about that. Yes. We'll get to that. Ashley then attempts to escape. She finds that the gun is empty. Um, she is knocked out with said brick from earlier. Luke then enacts the second part of his plan with Jeremy, played by Darce Montgomery. That's the guy from Stranger Things. Yep, from... Billy from Stranger Things season two. And. In what can only be considered a very complicated plot, um, Jeremy ends up being hung from the neck off of the dilapidated treehouse that we barely mention. Right. Um, Luke stabs Ashley in the throat, dispatching her, frames Jeremy for the deaths, and calls the police. Luke's parents arrive home to find the gory scene and a sleeping son upstairs in need of mommy's arms. And the movie ends with Luke hearing about the lone survivor having used duct tape to close the stab wound to her neck. And Luke is seen staring down Ashley from the upstairs window. Mom, can we go to the hospital to check on Ashley? Oh, God. <clears throat> uh, okay, so we just want to start from the beginning. Yeah, we should start at the beginning. Because <clears throat> I think the uh, I think this is a this is a movie that falls really conveniently into a three act structure. What I what I love about the beginning yeah. is we have to show you how snowy it is before we switch to our set in L.A. Right, exactly. <laughs> so snowy. Extreme oh, my God, it's a white Christmas. I, where we have to have the cat running out scene and yes, the right. sinister black SUV pull out that doesn't actually right. have anything to do with yeah, anything. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Nothing at all. Yeah. And the carolers, Chekhov's carolers. And, they did yeah. come back, yeah. yeah. They did. So, um, they actually got a new singer this year. Their harmonies are much better. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> this is important. You know, they're working but, on I the mean, shit. Yeah. So I. Uh, so where where do we start with this first well, act? First off, <laughs> where we're gonna do you s- want to start? Oh, first off, we're gonna start by saying I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> I don't know why you hate this movie. I mean, it's infinitely better than the last two we re- we reviewed. But wow, it's not oh. better than Jack Frost. No, it's better than Jack Frost. It's totally better yeah. than Jack Frost. Um, um, it's not funnier no, than Jack Frost. A herpes outbreak. Is I we, than we, Jack Frost. when we get into talking about the characters later, I'll get into why I hate this movie. Right. I mean, yes. As as a horror movie in and of itself. Had the villain been anyone other than the kid, I would have been fine. 
I, I like thought. that it was the kid. This is I, such. Uh, this is the vein of like science fiction and horror that I, I love. Oh, I'm I'm all about a killer kid, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So I think so, like the biggest the biggest like I was prepared to hate this movie because that whole first half hour is I clocked where this movie was going in not instantly but really early on. Like the yeah, minute things started Bob, happening, Bob told us about it before we even watched it. Well, he told us about he told us about the kid being a really shitty pickup artist asshole, yeah. which is given away in the first scene of the movie. Yeah, where he's reading how to pick up girls in Maxim. Uh, Maxim knows what women want. I mean, <laughs> Maxim is published by Douche Bros, <clears throat> and it's read by twelve year olds, pretty much. Yeah, I I clocked it really early. Like my notes would be like minute minute nine. That's his friend doing that. And minute 12, kid's in on it. Like, minute 19, he throws her phone into the fish tank. Yeah, he did that okay, on purpose. But totally, the fact that he put it in a plastic baggie, yeah. gotta give him credit. I will give him some credit for that. So, like, yeah. the way the first act plays out is it tries to pretend that it is a normal home invasion thriller. I mean, does that, does that make sense? Yes. It, yeah. it, Would you? Yes. I, but the funny thing is, the first time I watched it, I knew he was evil because of Bob, so I never experienced it as a home invasion thriller. Yeah. I don't, well, I mean, I I kind of did, because I, I obviously I watched it before the two of you did. Yeah, well, I, was, um, I was primed just instantly to think of him as a sociopath because of yeah. how he starts out. Right. So yeah, he he starts out. He's reading Maxim with his friend, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm totally gonna get the babysitter to sleep with me tonight." Blah blah blah. I'm gonna Which cancel my V card. All twelve year olds boys have that conversation. We can't pretend like they're being obnoxious. I did not, but then again, I have special you, circumstances. You were a homosexual. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you would have had that conversation about like some well, teacher. I also coach. didn't have a babysitter when I was twelve. Yeah, most people don't, but that, then we don't have this movie or the babysitter. Right, right. The babysitter <laughs> play, actually, the babysitter played with that a little bit, too, with the kid kind of crushing on the babysitter. Right. Although the kid in the babysitter <laughs> crushes on the babysitter in a much more innocent, less creepy well, way. Well, to be yeah. fair, this kid has a babysitter because of his sleepwalking. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Because they have to give him sleeping pills, and they need to make sure that he doesn't just do some crazy shit. I mean, you mean like the entire rest of the movie? Well, and, and <laughs> as, as he does admit later in the film, the sleepwalking thing only came because they were caught trying to steal stuff from his mom's purse. Right. And he had to come up with an excuse for Garrett to escape. Right. 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 Which that is the one thing watching this a second time really gave me as I caught a lot of those little de details where I, I want to praise this movie even more than after the first watching because this movie is written much better than I gave it credit for. Yeah, that's well, true. And and I will say that on the whole, again, it's not a bad movie. I I hate it for totally different reasons well, than just, just the making of the movie. Talk about why you hate it. So yeah, instead of us just right. like <clears throat> tiptoeing around, well, it, it, yeah, it's, it's like, let's get this out of the way. So uh, I mean, I was going to go into character analysis later, well, this, but but it's also it's also some good. Yeah, it also, it's, yeah. it's your huge wall, Bob. We're not going to be able to talk about anything like, about this movie until we I know, get over the wall. I know. So. This kid, like we said, starts out reading the, you know, the Maxim article. He's basically this huge red pill fucking, you know, men's rights. I'm going to get the girl and she's going to do what I say, regardless of how she feels about it. What's this consent bullshit? Um, Anti-feminist, complete tool monkey. And I cannot handle that in a kid his age. I'm like, how the hell does a kid that your age actually feel that way about stuff? How? 
Oh my god, one of the cats that never leaves the basement is upstairs. How fun. She's so tackled. pretty. I've never seen that. Yeah, her. That's Nia. Yeah, that, that's Neapolitan. She's still I call her Goo. And she's Mister is stalking her. <laughs> or they play? They, or they they're playing. Is she like a munchkin cat? Mister is no, playing she's with just her a now. Oh, okay. She's really oh, short yeah. legs. Okay, I realize this yeah. is of no interest to anybody who's listening to this, but this is really interesting to me. So well, five. because we've been listening to the cats fight for the past month. No, Mister's playing with her now. Yeah. She's upstairs. What the fuck? Right? Well, no, he's been playing with her for a while. They stalk each other. It's fun. She's well, I've really seen her pretty. stalking him, but he still hisses at her and backs her off. Um, I figured it was going to... That's more of there. a playful hissing, because those two don't fight like the other no, three no. do. So um, there we go. Hey! Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. So, so And I will say that Mister will also chase the other cats away from her. So yes, yay! We've had a breakthrough. So anyway, so we've got Speaking red of pill sociopathy. Men's right. Yes, <clears throat> oh, God, red pill sociopath. Yeah, fucking. He. See, I'm like, I how say, do you I grow up like that? I think he's not quite to the degree of red pill simply because, and is a minus he's twelve, right? And that actually is kind of the point. Red pill is basically what happens when people combine pickup artistry bullshit, which is what this kid's rocking, right? Uh, when they combine that with the um, appalling bitterness that comes from having been rejected by women and having nowhere near the self-awareness to understand that she dumped you because you're a massive cock, as opposed to this nonsense of women have to be hypergamous, hypergamous sluts in the cock carousel. And oh, my God. No, um, it's, so uh... it's so I, I would I think just in terms of accuracy and giving me a chance to shit on red pill people, because. That's never not fun. Right. He's probably closer to like a pickup artist than like a men's rights guy. See, yeah, but he, he tied her up and basically said, you don't have a choice in this. It, it was essentially yes, but, as close to rape as this kid was going to get in this movie. But that's also, he's the villain of the movie. I, I know. I, I don't know what you would, you would forgive this if he was an older person. I think I would, for, I, I, I wouldn't forgive it at all, period. However, I would be more comfortable watching it if he was older. I'm more comfortable watching it when he's younger because at 12, no matter how grossly intelligent this child is, a 12-year-old does not have the correct amount of empathy and brain matter to make those kind of conscious choices on any level where he is 100% choosing to be that way versus right. he just needs some learning. Right. Yeah. But I he, mean, uh, learning he's not getting from his actual mother. He has mother. like 12 more years of brain development before he would even be at a point when we could really look at him and say, all right, you are just a douche, red pill motherfucker, all because of your own, versus this is probably coming from things in his life, and these are things that he has not yet been shown aren't Yeah, good. it's <laughs> things that he's not being taught by his parents. It's yeah. things that he's getting from the internet. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's you know... I and all he wants is mommy's love, which is pretty much indicative of the whole red pill thing for me. It's a weird ass reveal. That is a weird yeah. reveal. Yes, but the thing. So the thing that I think is that I, where I differ from you guys on this um, is, as opposed to him just being a kid who's in need of some learning, I think he's actually set up as he's a monster. I mean, he's, well, yes. I mean, don't he's, get me wrong. I love a killer kid. Yeah. I do, and he's this I massively know. charismatic and extremely manipulative person. Even at 12, and he's got people eating out of his hand. He's manipulating just about everybody everywhere. Right? Yeah. And he's running on every level. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So he's basically like, this kid's not going to grow up to be a pickup artist or a red pill. This kid's going to grow up to be Jigsaw. Yeah. yeah. Well, except not Jigsaw. Except Lamer. He's, more, he's in, he's, more like Jigsaw had a moralistic bent that this kid's never going to have. <laughs> yeah. Jigsaw's moralistic bent he, was also He's going to be uh, not dumb. Or who's the other one I was thinking of? I don't know. 
Um, um, also super oh, charismatic. Like BTK? BTK or the... Oh, fuck. Any serial killer, really. Not the, any serial killer that uses the pickup artist deal. Like, I oh, mean, yes. And, and I agree with you. Monster. And I also think that's where... where because... Not to jump on your shit. Um, that's why I really hated this movie in the first act. And once that big reveal comes and it gets into the second act, it becomes a really good movie. Because then... You it just like his monstrosity unfolds, and it turns into. I mean, it's not this quite the same thing, but it goes back to like that funny Ted Bundy. Oh, it's I'm picturing him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And I I found that like really interesting and really entertaining, intense and, and cool. See, I feel like this movie doesn't support his choices. It's not saying he's doing the right thing. Oh no, it does not. So exactly. I just, it does not. I don't know. I feel like. I personally feel like when I hear, and, I, and you said this at the, from the beginning, so I always knew your opinions going in. Yeah. Right. And I feel like you are putting something onto this performance, this script of your own disdain for that culture that isn't there. The movie isn't forgiving him of these actions. Every other character is clearly pointing out to this kid how fucked up he is and how shitty every step he makes is. Right, I mean, even his best friend, and and for that, I'm giving it points. And it's I think, just the oh, portrayal of that kid just really irks me. And again, that's probably not fair to the movie well, because the movie, like, other than that, to me, is, is very good. It seems like that made you really uncomfortable, and I think that's yeah. again, that is in my that's part of my theory of horror. If it makes you uncomfortable, that's right. what horror good. is supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. This movie does not agree with any of the actions this kid takes, and and I'm I'm happy with that, yeah. which is why I don't I don't hate this movie. I don't. I I in fact like the movie. I hate the kid. That's, I hate the kid. Yeah. And, and just and then I'll I'll start shutting up after this. I've been kind of blabbing a lot. You don't so. have to shut up. That's part of the podcast. Um, but like I've been uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about him um, is because. I spent the whole movie hating this kid too. Yeah. And then at the very end, when he's starting to like tie up all of those loose ends mm -hmm. and there's the very ending when he, there's this moment when he realizes just how fucked he is. Yep. When he's watching the babysitter get loaded into the ambulance because she survived. And it is a hallmark of how, how great of a performance this actor gives yeah. and how well written it is because I felt so bad for this little fucker. Oh, I did not. He killed. He <laughs> killed like three people. He's he, like he's a he's a monster. And at the end, just when he's looking out the window, I'm like, aw. <laughs> so like total like hats off. Watching to this kid's his performance. face drop. Yeah. Watching yes. his face drop. At I the love end that whole. And was I, amazing. It's the best ending. And that line of just, "Mom, can we go to the hospital? I'm worried about at that." Perfect. I right. He acted it well. That line actually angered me because I felt like it watered down the ending. A little oh, bit. no. I don't think it watered down the ending. I think it was exactly the correct response for a sociopath who needs to cover his tracks. Very yeah. true. Like, because he, what I like about this character is he really is super intelligent. He isn't just written to be super intelligent until the plot runs out. Yeah. He really is a very smart kid who, like, right. possibly planned every step of the way here mm -hmm. and made it look like it was all just on the fly. Right. So that moment of, like, we actually got to see him make an on-the-fly choice kind of showed you that he really is this smart. He wasn't lucky. Yeah. Because he knows. He's 12. He's not going to get to the hospital on his own. And yeah. he's certainly not going to get to the hospital before she is able to alert someone. Yeah. Yeah. And, all, and that's the other thing about that is, is knowing that, I guess what may, I guess I can accept that simply because 
you know, I know, we all know he's not going to get away with it. Mommy might take him to the hospital, but he ain't going to be able to shut her up. I don't think that's happening. Ooh, I think well, I think unless- Better Watch Out 2, basically Halloween 2, um, is, I'm all for it. I want him to <laughs> totally kill someone in a big hot tub. Like just like just like Michael Myers did, like I'm all the for therapy this. Therapy tub. Yeah. <laughs> um, fair enough. So I'm credit this. We just so, talked. Okay, so we talked about the beginning and the ending. Yeah. <laughs> so I, but well, where, so, where, where do you want to go? My point is, <clears throat> the thing that Bob hates the most, which is this kid and his uncomfortableness with you know the kind of, I find that to be the most compelling part of the movie. I think that that the, because. <laughs> I, I just, I spend, I don't exert any time pretending that this is a, the way you're supposed to be right. or giving the movie any credence of like, this is how you're supposed to act. I don't watch horror movies to learn how to be a good and proper person. Right. I watch horror right. movies because I want to see evil people doing evil bullshit. And this kid does some evil bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. I loved even the second time, I will give this movie a full mark for being completely rewatchable because when you rewatch it, you watch all the little schemey things. Like, I didn't see the plastic bag that he put the phone in the first time. That I didn't yeah. see. I saw, I, I I saw didn't, the throw into the aquarium. I didn't see, I didn't yeah. fully understand the paintball that is perfectly aimed and, like, even hits her exactly where What's-His-Face's head was mm-hmm. on her arm. Like, that he, like, fucking geometry the shit out of that shot at 12 to be like, this has to hit him mm-hmm. right in the head just in case she sees exactly where it hits. Right. Like, this kid is just, like, amazes me of his level of, like, Hannibal Lecter planning bullshit right. from the TV show, not the movies. I love that TV show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nicholson was marvelous in So it. good. I didn't like the show, but I love Oh, the Mads. show is so good oh but um but i really love every part of his like gleeful just and i love that this is like probably the first time he's ever let go oh yeah yeah this is the first like him walking down the stairs and being just so happy that he was right and that that got motherfuckers head exploded Actually, even before that, this kid was having so much fun. Oh, with the baseball bat, like dancing around with that, the bat? Yes. <laughs> that American Psycho, that, that and, Patrick Bateman. And, and this kid, it was, it was very... It, it was, and actually, I, and so they good. build this movie as like Home Alone meets... Kind of, yeah. yeah. And, and it's so, really not. Speaking of Patrick Bateman, this is the perfect reference. I love American Psycho. American Psycho is by far one of my absolute favorite horror movies ever. Yeah. And this is so much that same thing, except without the weird psychosis part that actually makes me like American Psycho more. I think um, I need to rewatch I mean, it. I watched it once and I ended, up, I ended up ultimately hating it. And I think I need oh, to give it so another good. shot. You do. It's so good. Um, and if you haven't read the book and you're okay no. with really horrific depictions of violence, um, the book is amazing. The book goes like, you think the movie goes far. The book is like five steps further. No, the movie doesn't. I don't think the movie went that far. Mm, it implies a lot of yes. far, and the book shows five steps further than the implication. Sure. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like the, the the Patrick Bateman thing—that was the first thing I thought of. And actually, part of the reason why I hated American Psycho—I swear I'll get off this soon. The reason I didn't like American Psycho is because I had I was not able to ultimately separate my disgust for Patrick Bateman and also Christian Bale because I can't stand him. So oh, I do like Christian Bale. So I can't stand the man. Yeah, but yeah, no, we'll save that for our American Psycho podcast, which will happen. Ooh, we'll do a double feature with that and the Machinist that movie. I've never seen the Machinist. I've always wanted to. The Machinist um, is super surreal. It's actually oh, okay. good. Yeah. I don't really quite like it. Um, and uh, it's probably it's my favorite Christian Bale movie because well, he obviously he almost died. Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he almost killed <laughs> himself making it. Therefore, I like. <laughs> Whatever, I Andy. 
You're, oh, you're the worst Jesus. person ever sometimes. I'm okay with that. Uh, so It's actually a good movie, too. Right. Did, now, didn't you have something about the paint can you wanted to talk about? Eventually, when we get... Is, is, are we are we there? I was, I, I, just because well, that was... I don't necessarily want to jump around. I, I wanted yeah. to talk about like the things leading up to right. the the home invasion part. Okay. Like the kid. That's the worst part of the movie. It is the worst part of the movie. <laughs> really? It's the, really? I hated because that first, first half hour. I'm sorry. If I was babysitting this kid and he like hauls out a bottle of champagne. Oh, fuck that. And he almost hit the TV. He, he, I, I mean, I'm now giving him um, my, my retcon is his amazing aim because of how awesome that uh, gun was aimed. But like, yeah. That's the, oh, I see that and I just think of my dad. Like, if you threw anything, even in the direction of the television, no matter where, like if the television is on the east wall, if any item ever flew eastward, yeah, he like <laughs> had a heart attack in front of you and screamed because he worked in like a ju- juvenile home with all these like juvenile boys who just like they were never allowed to throw things. So when he popped that cork, I was just like, oh god, no <laughs> memories, <laughs> memories. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, shit. I, how? I, I understand. He's 12. I understand. He's a psychotic horn dog. I understand. Oh, he's a 12 year old horn dog. Well, the other thing, and I think to, oh, I guess. Well, just for, by dint of being 12. Uh, yeah. Finish your thing, uh, and then I'll then I'll trample on him. But I'm, but I'm like, if I had ever in my life thought to bust out a bottle of booze with the babysitter, my parents would have my goddamn hide. And I guess this speaks to the fact that his parents aren't paying him attention. Oh, oh, but do you get why? The booze was purposeful. Well, yeah, because it was a roofie. No, it wasn't. No, it was a convenient excuse. Uh, If he got her drunk, no matter what he did, he could say... I didn't do anything, but she was drinking, and right. mommy would believe him, yeah. and yes. not the evil drinking babysitter who's moving away. And right. the other thing that's interesting about that is because, as we find out later in the film, he actually does have—he's got roofies. Oh yeah. If his goal was just to have sex with the babysitter, he could have. He could have roofied her wine. I know. Easily. Yeah. I actually he think... He didn't do that. That was not his goal. His goal was not to have sex with no. a babysitter. It, I think you could easily read this movie that he is psychopathically asexual. Like, he is so sociopathic about how he deals with people that it's never really about playing with her tits right. or, you know, right. having sex with her. It's more about that his friend is obviously a big old hornball. And he needs Garrett to make this plan work. So he right. plays to Garrett's personality to the, get him to participate. Garrett, whose brother is a drug dealer. Yeah. Right. And Garrett, who, you know, because... <laughs> Garrett, we, whose parents apparently bought him socks with pot leaves on them. Seriously, yeah. Seriously. Um, but no, but Garrett, like, when Luke reads the article, he focuses on the words. When Garrett reads the article, it's skimmed down. Oh, look, there's the girl and her pussy. Right. And so that shows you right there. I don't think, I mean, I think Luke enjoyed, like, you know, fondling the boobs because he's still 12. Right. I mean, I'm the closest to 12. I remember when I was 12, I wanted to, like, hang out in bathrooms because maybe I could see, like, a glimpse of a guy's dick. Like, so I understand. Shit, I was doing that at eight. Well, eh. Oh, that's, we used to go to the. I, I waited until I was in high school for that. No, we used to go to, like, the YMCA yeah. in the summer to swim. Like, we'd go and swim. And oh, yeah. And then they do the session where everybody has to be out of the pool. And I realized, I learned very early on, that if I, like, left the poolside and went into the showers, I could stay wet and therefore stay warm. 
And then shortly after that, I realized that if I was in the showers, there would be all of these men who would come through from working out in the gym and they would actually shower. And so, yeah, I was like eight, nine years old. I actually was spending more time in the showers watching the dick than actually swimming. No, actually, that was whenever we went to like the water park. <laughs> Men in Florida are, are are much lighter than some of the guys in Ohio where they were just like, get, they get naked. Yeah. So like just open areas of just all these dads, which I've always had a thing for men who father children um just disrobing and being like oh look at all the candy i'm i'm I'm, you need to give me your steam id i'm going to gift you a copy of shower with your dad simulator oh my god i forgot about that existed (laughs) you'll love it um Um, no that's exactly and i think that's an interesting uh getting back from i'm kind of glad that you know none of this ever actually led to you know actually touching the older men so not I mean, until I was old enough to. As, as right. a child, that's all I really wanted. You right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Still is. Um, so, so getting back to getting back to the kid real quick because I think is a really interesting thought. Um, he actually did still have a crush on her though. Yeah, I think he's still twelve. There is that moment when Garrett. Well, he very definitely goes into these men are jerks. Why are you still dating them? Yes, sure. and now, that is classic. That is I, classic. Uh, I think there is obviously a, artist, a moment yeah. where Ashley could have said yes and made out with him, and this whole night would have ended much differently. And I think I kind of almost agree with you, simply because there's the moment when Luke discovers Garrett, uh, his friend, gives Ashley this little chaste kiss on the side of the uh, side of her head. Mm-hmm. And that is the one point in the movie where Luke loses his shit. Yeah, jealous Luke. Mm-hmm. He, he loses his shit. He blows Garrett's fucking brains out with a shotgun. And then there is this amazing moment, again, this actor's killer. Yeah. Where he, first he's freaking out and screaming at, at his friend Garrett in the same tone that I would hear a, a kid of that same age on Xbox Live talking about my mother. Yeah, yeah of course. And yeah, yeah. He, he really went for it. Yeah. And it's the other thing, and then you see him pull this mask back over himself and say, he was getting annoying anyway. So, I mean, he had to have had some feelings for her because but, that triggered him. But right, and you're, but that also brings me back to that whole, again, the red pill thing where it's like, I own you now. Yes. You are mine. And if you don't do what I say, I'm going to kill you. And you're right. That does go further and, than well, simple pickup artistry. Yeah, yeah, and it's... So, the... The important thing to think about, though, is a 12-year-old is not expected to fully understand not to do that without an adult being able to sit down and say, hey, this is not how we treat women. Right. 12 is not – before 12, you probably shouldn't be having conversations with your, you know, 9, 10-year-old about – you know, don't do, don't use pickup lines when you want to get your own mommy kind of a thing. Like, they're a little too young (laughs) for that kind of conversation. No. Bad Jimmy. Don't rape the babysitter. Exactly. Like, you know, so 12 is the appropriate age where, you know, a normal non-sociopathic uh, evil child would have hit on the babysitter. The babysitter would have said, oh, hey, parents, this is what your son was doing. And they would sit down and then impart upon him, hopefully, in the right. perfect world we all want to live in, that this is not how you treat women. This is how you treat women and kind of shape him right. because 12 and that's the that's, that's where like I rub against your like red pill anger of this movie is I want to yeah. be like he's 12 he is not yet really supposed to be able to fully right. not choose that life if all he's doing is reading Maxim and hanging out with his hornball friend I mean I have 
what my best friend for growing up was a guy named Max who is a huge hornball and was like a five-year-old with Playboy. Uh, that, yeah, that was me. And trying to like show me his Playboy and I was so oblivious. Not even that it was women, but just sex was so not a thing for me at five. Well, even right. at five, it wasn't a thing for me either, but I knew I wasn't supposed to see it. So that meant that I wanted to see as much of it as I possibly could. No, I never had that. My oh, par- I had a lot. My parents were really good. If I could ask for it, I could see it. Like, if I could ask, if I could have asked to see a Serbian film, they never would have saw it, so they wouldn't have known. But they probably would have let me watch it. If I was old enough to understand it, then they weren't going to, like, stop me. My mom was like that. If I could ask or talk about it, I could watch or read it. Yeah. My dad, not so much. Well. (laughs) And my stepmother, definitely not. Like, it's like, I went from, like, my mom, who's all like, oh, hey, honey, let's go watch Piranha and Friday the 13th. And then, you know, my grandfather, you know, to living with my, my stepmother and dad. Where my grandfather brought home pretty in pink, and there was the shower scene, and my my stepmother's like, "Oh no, boobs, go upstairs." That, okay, that's interesting because my parents wouldn't let me watch shit. I oh, had yeah. to sneak a lot of it. I remember one night I was watching Return of the Living Dead, which, by the way, so good. <laughs> watching Return of the Living Dead, my dad's on the couch. We're watching Return of the Living Dead, and it gets to the scene where punk girl, now zombified. Sorry, spoilers for Return of the Living Dead. Oh, Lin- Linnea Quigley. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Where, like, punk girl is totally zombified, bare-ass naked, walking down the street, and all of a sudden, my dad's like, okay, you can't watch this. I'm like... I was watching the whole thing up to now. We just... We we literally... Yeah, like, I've been watching people be, like, bloodily murdered, and all of a sudden, like, you see a pair of tits and, like, a merest crescent of bush. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like, oh, no, my 13-year-old son is watching bad stuff. Oh, uh, I was 12, saw American Pie with my father in the theater, oh who turned to me, hit me on the shoulder and went, huh, boobs. Wow. <laughs> wow. This is my father. I love, yeah. uh, he was a man. Weird man. He was a man. Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he had his bag in his lap and he had his weird, like, um, hairstyle because he loved to do crazy things with his hair. He was such an artist. Such an artist. That man. Um, but yeah. Again. Okay. Hit shoulder, shoulder, genetic. Boobs. You know. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I never had any of that, like, keep it away culture. Yeah. Um, which is, I assume, kind of how Luke's parents raised him. The fact that mom and dad are having weird open conversations about have you ever sucked a cock when their kid is upstairs. Right. I'm guessing they're not going, no, you can't watch South Park. It's just too controversial. There's also, yeah. Yeah. I get the feeling that that neither of them are paying enough attention to him for it to really matter anyway. No, I think he is smart enough to, from a much too early of an age, pretend to be so good that they have let their complete guard down. So, like, and it's interesting, in in a slightly different time, in a different movie, he'd be Ferris Bueller. Yes. Yeah, he would be. To be Ferris Bueller. Or, I mean, honestly, he is what, um, I don't remember her name, but the bad seed would be given six more years. Rhoda Penmark. Yeah, because she was like six in that in that play. Oh, yeah. so, okay. I was thinking of uh, The Good Son, which was Macaulay Culkin. Well, no, yeah, no, well, again, again, we're one. talking about... Or Igby Goes Down is a good Macaulay Culkin version of that. Yeah. He plays like a... He's not... 12, he's like 16, 17, 18, but he like leaves his parents and he has a debauch filled journey through New York. It was a good like. It's vaguely catcher in the rye ish. Yeah, it is very much. Igby is supposed to be. Holden Caulfield? Yeah. 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 Okay. But, and again, I will, I will say, I like the killer kid. That part of this, I really liked. I, maybe it's just, you know, the internet spoiled me for a lot of stuff, I guess. Aww. But I'm like, don't worry, you can aw. get the internet back, Bob. I can. I'm sure there's a way. 
<laughs> by putting out this podcast. Saying mean things about it and putting it on the internet. <laughs> go, go to Reddit. I'm sure Take that. That. Reddit has an audience that's never been bitched to about how the internet's ruined anything. Right. Oh, no. Never. No. No. Reddit is the internet oh, being God. bitched to. That, that sound that you just heard was Andy dying inside. <laughs> okay, so... Um, but, and... No, I, I can't say it again because you I've already say said anything it. You want well, we said it. We said it many times. We, we've said it many times. We've talked about that. I on on the level of this is a horror movie with a fantastic villain. Great. On the level of that villain is too young to be doing what he's doing. Um, because even even like with the good son and with the bad seed, those kids were evil, no doubt about it. Those kids, you know, plan shit out, no doubt about it. Orphan, well, orphan doesn't really count because she was thirty. Oh, spoilers. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about the Killer Kid movie, I'm down. I love a Killer Kid movie. I was not expecting this type of sociopathy from this kid. Which I think is actually what this, one of the things that makes the movie so interesting to me is because it takes, well, honestly, the home invasion thing is just a, is just a ruse anyway. This is a Killer Kid movie. Right. And combining a Killer Kid movie with, like, an indictment of this kind of red pill alt-right shit, which is kind of what it is and how it reads. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. It, it, I thought it was really interesting. I don't think it's, you know, it doesn't. Well, and, and keep in mind that me. even, even if that character was an adult, I would be uncomfortable. Oh yeah. So okay. there's that, but I mean, there is also the, 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 this movie does have good parts. There's, you know, the hitting the boyfriend in the head with the bat, which was hilarious. That entire there, I love the that bitch scene. slap just shocked so, me. Oh, so, so, so that bitch the... slap was so good. <laughs> All right, so wait a minute. We're gonna we're, we're getting into that part. Like let's let's set the scene real quick because that's where the reveal happens. Um, yes, he he reveals yeah. that this is that he is in, he and Garrett are in fact behind. Well, the... she I gotta love her recall. She oh, yeah. sees a picture on the like the call table uh-huh. of him in a ski mask when they were on like some sledding vacation. Yes. yes. Which. Why didn't he take his ski mask off for that picture? Whatever, it's fine. Right. Um, they read the plot when they and took the she picture. Recognized, and she recognizes Garrett and, wearing yeah, the ski she mask. She recognizes the ski mask yeah. in front of a flashlight on top of a gun through the slats in a closet. Right. Yeah. Bitch read the script. <laughs> um, but it's, it's the best moment. It really is. Yeah. And so there's this moment. They're like, they literally cowering in the closet. They're yeah. terrified. The home invader, sarcasm quotes, uh, is menacing them and i actually kind of wonder how he thought that was supposed to play yeah, out I had that same thought right yeah. now like because how does this translate step? to me getting laid yeah like what's yeah. supposed to happen is it was was he gonna leave was garrett gonna leave the room and luke was gonna go we should fuck now that we live no he was gonna save the day and make her love make her love um, him. but at some point it's not like he was going to jump out of the closet and never reveal that it was garrett until right. the police come right yeah, and maybe like, he was. I don't know. Uh, you no, know, don't take off that ski mask. We don't need to know who he is. And that, no. that I mean, that could apply toward the he planned this so well. He knew it was never going to work out. Yeah, and that she would freak out, and he just assumed he would have an opportunity to yeah. incapacitate her upon freaking so, out. Right. So she, so she, she totally reveals that she is on to him and is having none of his shit. At which point, does he actually slap her or does he pistol whip her? Oh, oh he slaps no. her. He bitch backhand. Okay. Bitch better have my money. As I actually bitch thought... Bitch slaps her. Because on, on the rebound... Her. On the rebound, it really looked like he hit her with the no, pistol. No, he doesn't have the gun at that point, I don't think. Does he not? Or it's in his other hand. Okay. Because it is just like... It is a backhand because they did the um, the best acting trick, which is the three second leave your hand for three more seconds after mm-hmm. than you would in real life, so the audience catches your hand. 
Yeah. Oh, you bitch slapped her. Like, you know, yeah. if they had the gun, it would have been clear. You would have seen the gun. I don't yeah. know where I got that impression. But so takes her out in that way. Oh, so good. Um, I have a funny story. But what, what I hear in my head when that happens, but keep going. Well, that was actually about as far as I got. I was setting it up to get us to to uh, to enter Ricky, who comes in looking for her and the baseball bat scene, which is where I think we're trying oh. to get to. So but no, so I'll tell this quick uh, story then. Yeah, so hit it. I had two friends. Um, in, in, in a choir in high school. And the year before I joined the big choir, they went to New York. And this famous story, it was a guy named Ty, who's this, like, short Ty guy. And then Brandon, who's this very, very thin, not much taller than me. So both kind of short guys. Right. They go into a porn shop in New York. They're walking through. Brandon sees this humongous black dildo. Like, humongous. I mean, yeah. And... Yeah. The big black monkey. Ty is there. just being real stupid because Brandon's like, Ty, come here, like right in front of the big dildo. Ty walks over, doesn't think about anything. Brandon takes the dildo and slaps him <laughs> across the face. And the the cashier at the sex shop goes, Damn, you just got dick slapped. <laughs> and when the first time I watched this, when he slaps her, I was like, Damn, you just got bitch slapped. Like, that was all that I could think no, of in I, my head. It was just the perfect moment of, like, yes. So, speaking okay. of similar stories, because I, I never get to tell stories. No, like they that. hit it. Yeah. So, <laughs> As so, Alex leaves. Right. Oh, God, he's going to eat more of the crescent rolls. Bring me one, bitch. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, no. I, 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 was, I was dating multiple people uh, at one point in my life. And it was around the time House of Wax came out. In, in the vein of, damn, you just got bitch slapped. <laughs> um, that scene where Paris Hilton is running through the garage with all the cars and then gets the pipe through her head. She gets the pipe through her head and the theater is silent. And I just say, that's hot. And the theater <laughs> lost it. It was the best thing ever. Do <laughs> you think it's the first time Paris Hilton's had somebody's pipe in her head? No, not at all. <laughs> I love Paris Hilton in that um, uh, metal musical Oh, uh, G- Repo, Jeanette Repo, Cropper. Cropper, yeah. I love Repo. Repo's amazing. And Andy, of course, hates it because I, Andy hates all that's I good. I couldn't. I just couldn't. Andy hates all well, that's good. You can make me watch world. it for the podcast. I'm down. Okay. I'll hate it. It'll be fun. And that's fine. Sidrate comes in a little glass file. <laughs> um, <laughs> so good. Okay, so um, takes out babysitter. Ricky, the boyfriend, arrives. Ricky? Ricky. Uh, that was not funny. Ricky. That was so bad, it was almost funny. Oh God! I didn't realize what he was getting at because he was so. It's he reeked. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't catch on at first. He's sort of. That's one him, of those. The second time you watch it, you're like, they set that joke up forever. Well, he called him. He called him. He called him Reeky the second time, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Mm. Um, boyfriend arrives, starts to search the house looking for the looking for Ash, and there is a marvelous scene in which he goes upstairs to look for the. The girl, the which I don't understand exactly what his like, what Ricky's thought process is. Well, because he he had told her that she's upstairs with like diarrhea or something. I know. Yeah. yeah. No, that was fucking Garrett. She all, <laughs> he just said like menstrual cramps, and Garrett's like and, and diarrhea. diarrhea. What? That's terrible. I mean, I don't know. If someone said that about my girlfriend, I would probably be like, okay, babe, call me when you're better. Like. I'm gonna go get Chipotle. Well, I think they also had to do that to like, cause he's just for solidarity purposes. Yeah, Ricky, yeah. Ricky, <laughs> Ricky cares. He's like, oh, I'm gonna, hey, babe, whatever it is, man, we can work it out. So mm. I don't think he was trying to like go to Pound Town. I think he was just like wanting to be there for her. 
And so he, he goes up and he, I think he. Ricky he, was a 17 year old boy. We're not excluding anything. He, he Ricky, was still trying to go to town. To, to town. <laughs> Ricky also. You can just you can just give me a little head, babe, when you're feeling a little better. R- Ricky also, I think, caught on pretty quick that some bullshit was afoot, and so he was just looking for her because what, he was getting stalled by these kids. What, what I love is, you know how cats will kind of like lead you; mm-hmm. they try to like walk in front of you. Luke was so like cat leading yeah. Ricky through the house, mm-hmm. and Ricky finally was like starting to catch on. Like, why are why are we up here? Like, this is a really weird place to be right now. And then baseball. Oh, man. so good. Aluminum baseball, but he kissed him upside the cranium with an aluminum baseball bat, just like that Primus song. Now, what I do love is, thank you, movie, for living in a world where concussions are not easy things to get. (laughs) Hitting someone in the head hard enough to knock them out, not a simple process. Not at all. Which is why he had to hit him more than once. Well, he like fucking went for it the oh, second God, time, yeah. like bam, and this marvel, and like then, pool cued him. And mm-hmm. we've we've alluded to it already, but the marvelous little Patrick Bateman baseball yeah, bat the dance. dance that he does is marvelous. That he does twice. Yeah. Yes, and he's interrupted when Ricky regains consciousness because he wasn't actually knocked properly out. Of no, course. but I love because like it was a shitty little aluminum t-ball bat. Garrett's like standing there with a gun to him. Ricky's just barely giving into this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and 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 Luke is still behind Ricky, dancing with the bag, getting ready. Oh, yeah. Like motherfucker, hit him, knock him out. Like he, he was playing, he was having fun, and he he took him out very stylishly. He did. It was that hit it was, was amazing. Very, yes, that was. Um, oh. and, and this movie was definitely more of a stylish horror. This is this is about how to do things cool you know it wasn't like oh we're just going to do this quick and dirty and then make sure that nobody can blame me for it it was i'm going to plot all this awesome shit out and test every fucking home alone theory i've ever had in my life no he really he i don't know i i almost want to ask the question of how long did this bitch babysit for them right because i feel like he was like destroying everyone in her life that could have affected him. Like, mm-hmm. oh, of Jeremy got in there first, so fuck Jeremy. Which, by the way, we talk about how convoluted the plot is. Like, oh, I called you to tell you to come over, but she's not ready to see you, so we're going to go to the back, and then we're going to sit on the swing, and then you're going to write her a letter yeah. why you're so sorry, and this dude's doing it. And, and I'm like, yeah. like that was only, I didn't even want to synopsize that part. That's why I'm like, it's compl- really, complicated plot for no reason. Right. It's really... It's, but, and, and what teenager what young adult excuse me because that kid was probably like 21 so he's you know he's going to pick up ashley whatever but what what person of that age is going to sit there and listen to the 12 year old saying your girlfriend's not going to see you until you do this to be write a note to be fair they actually do lampshade the fact that this guy is really stupid they Mm. do a little bit but it does not excuse the stupidity of that entire yeah and like Kid gets a whole noose around this guy, like oh, yeah, this like the level of like okay, I you know you this was some great writing up until this point. I'm gonna give yeah. you this because we somehow had yeah. to get from here to the end of the movie with not a lot of time. And let's not right. forget about the let's not forget about the lawnmower tracks in the snow and yeah. the trebuchet tracks in the snow. I know. And later on, the footprints in the snow on the roof when he's running across the roof. I right. do love that. In that moment. little Ferris Bueller moment, I did love the moment of. So, so, so even if he I gets fully away expected with it, like a yellow tune to be playing. So even if he's even if he gets away with it, he's still not going to get away with it. Right. Well, I, I don't think those are things that he couldn't explain otherwise. Right. He could he could definitely explain them with well, not maybe not the tracks with, oh. for the tractor because that was what hung Ricky. By the way, no. that wasn't a yellow tune in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That particular song was the specials. Okay. 
No, I was I thinking, really, oh yeah. I wanted like an OK Go car. song to start playing when he runs out on the window. I think it was the English beat, actually. That's oh, right. I'll shut up now. <laughs> Please carry on with the thing that actually musical digressions. But I do love the concept that he never thought ahead enough to realize that he couldn't have put the pencil on the door and then opened the door. Yeah. I, I love movies, writers, this is really a writing thing, that are yeah. smart enough to put in moments when even super intelligent characters obviously missed a step. Yeah. 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 And like, that was my favorite misstep was like, oh shit, he never thought through. That was the cats. Hi cats, what are you doing? Let me go see if the cats are still alive. Let's all go to the lobby. So anyway, back to this movie. Yeah, fuck. Where were we? Um, well, we were. Um, we were trying Caliostro. to. <laughs> um, I think we were. We were. We talked about Jeremy's complicated death. And, <laughs> Jeremy's complicated death. And, and um, we can move on from this. Yeah. I do. I, I feel really bad for Patrick Warburton. Oh God, yeah. Because he just had no part in this movie. He didn't. He played with an ornament. He took off a tie. He, he was, was there weirdly, to be metrosexual. Weirdly sexual with the seventeen-year-old girl. Yeah, but in like a fun daddy way. I feel like um, right. the direction that was given for both of the parents was like when they signed the contract, they were each issued a DVD copy of American Beauty, <laughs> and basically their direction was here, watch this, and because I can see it. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of. That's, you think that's that's uh, Patrick Warburton's best Kevin Spacey right there? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah. Even up to and including the hair plugs. Oh, um, his hair went bad. His hair isn't terrible. I actually think I'm worried about Patrick Warburton's future because the weight loss was at the bad worst time. He was already starting to get a little jowly, and I'm like, no, yeah. fight it. Plastic surgery those jowls away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, so I enjoy older men, but yeah. jowls are the least attractive thing on anyone. Yeah. I mean, except for Virginia Andy, Andy might like jowls. Virginia, I don't know. I'm... Virginia Madsen, like ultimate sex symbol of the '80s, besides any of the supermodels. What was she actually when... in the '80s? Oh God, she was in. Obviously, Iman is the ultimate sex symbol of the '80s. I mean, yeah. Just because I only I, I know her really. She was she was almost soft porny. Really? So, yeah. I only know um, her from like stuff like Candyman, and that was like '92. <laughs> well, I mean, she's in she's in stuff other than Candyman. I'm sure, probably. <laughs> she's, she's had a career besides Candyman. So you say. Um, she was Princess Irulan in Dune. Oh. I feel like they just handed her a copy of Gilmore Girls and was like, watch any episode, oh. be the grandma, yeah. be as waspy as you can be. Yeah, okay. I felt yeah. for a minute you were going to like compare her to like Lorelai. No, gonna... not any, not the younger two, but grandma. Right. Like, just be ultra waspy, but really polite, but kind of in charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Patrick Warburton, I just feel like they were like, do whatever you want. We don't care. You don't have a part. <laughs> so he was like we need he, a dad but... he was like a little gay and then he was a little pervy and then he has no part in the ending yeah he, yeah. he talks to the cop she first started started getting big by the way in like mr north and gotham and hot to trot um <sighs> moving on to like third degree burn heart of dixie she was actually a serious actress but she was yes, consider that sex she was a totally such fantastic films that yeah. have really stood the test yeah. of time that's that serious actress in the bobcat goldthwaite vehicle with yeah, a talking horse i know <sighs> All of our listeners have seen every one of those classic films. I actually like Bobcat Goldthwait movies, and I couldn't watch Hot really, to Trot. Really, Hot to Trot is right up there with On the Waterfront. It's just one of our foundational pictures of cinema. On the Trotterfront. Oh, the Trot. That's the porn version. She was popular <laughs> and sexy in the 80s. Hush. Anyway. 
and he's such a gold mine of fantastic but, and, cinema. And now, of course, she's she's definitely not, um, not taking estrogen. Is what she's doing. Oh my god! I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> she. I mean, she has. Oh, you catty bitch. She. No, she's um. She's very brick-like. Wait, wait. maybe she's a man. <laughs> no, no. Oh boy. Da- no. No, I just I enjoy her. Actually, I want every drag queen in the world to be her part because I feel like that was a great dress. That red dress was really sparkly and it fun. Was. And yeah. her hair was good and she was like the perfect kind of bitchy. Like that's a part that drag queens were made. You know play. what's really interesting? Yeah. You have yet to mention her shoes. I'm surprised. We didn't you don't see, see her shoes. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, you never oh, see her feet. You'll hate you'll hate mother. You never see their feet? Oh, you see her feet. She never wears shoes. Oh, that's not a bad. Uh, I don't like. I'm not obsessed with shoes. I just like shoes when they exist. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Um, there are plenty of clunky heeled motherfucking. So moving. Um, oh, sorry. I mean, is, Virginia Madsen is 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 still a very pretty grandma, but grandma nonetheless. Pretty. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure some some mm. gilf lovers out there. Mm, Helen Mirren is a pretty grandma. Yeah. Actually, no. Helen, Helen Mirren. Mirren is still fucking gorgeous. Helen Mirren Look is a bombshell her. grandma. I love Helen Mirren. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so, uh, so <laughs> there's a movie here. Um. So from from Jeremy's weirdly convoluted death, we have to talk about Ricky. We have to talk about the paint can. Didn't we ever talk about the paint can? We we've, we've mentioned we've it we've in passing. We oh, have okay. not actually paint talked can. What about do you want to talk about? Well, because this, I it's just it's the other. I think it's the next really big scene. Yeah, I mean, it's also we're pretty much the last thing we need to talk about, unless we want to talk about slitting her throat, which was like the quickest, dirtiest. No, no, and it was maybe the end. Yeah, and we we kind of need to talk uh, talk about the ending where she is bound and gagged, and you know, lay, laying on the couch while he's feeding hot chocolate to the carolers. <laughs> Tell um, her line, but let's though. talk about the paint line. I was say, that was the beginning of Act Three. So first we have yeah. to. Yeah, Jeremy died after that. That's yeah. true. We got out of order. It's okay. Um, so, like, the, the paint can thing, we've mentioned it, we've alluded to it a lot. There's, like, the, the Home Alone, like, at the, toward the beginning of the movie, they've, like, Garrett and Luke have this argument, this long-running argument that they've been having for a while about Home Alone. Yeah. And the right. scene in Home Alone where, uh, where Macaulay Culkin hits, like, Marv and other Marv, I don't remember the, I don't remember the names. The and, um, what's the face from My Cousin Vinny? Yeah. Yeah, Joe Pesci and the guy that did the narration for Wonder Years. Daniel yes, oh, I can't believe you did the narration for that, but still. Yeah. yeah. So again, the Marv and other Marv, he hits them like with paint cans, and the they go flying. And, and yeah, and and the argument is that that wouldn't have done that; it would have actually killed them. Everything in that movie would have killed them. Like, yes. So I don't. I haven't they, seen Home Alone in forever, but still. And you know what we're not going to do? Watch it for the podcast. No, we're not. Ever. So paint can scene. So yeah. Sorry. So yeah, when <laughs> when he realizes that, that he's going to get rid of Ricky, he has this amazing gleeful moment and decides to go and get some rope and a paint can. And literally test out the theory Mythbusters style. It's the way he puts I loved it. it. Yeah. I loved it. There's actually he, he goes and throws the paint can and he misses the first time. And it's like it's a really and I keep harping on it because one, it is I think one of the major oh, set pieces of the movie. He doesn't miss. He misses the first oh, no. time. No. He did that on purpose. He did that to make sure that it was at the same level as his head. Well, okay. Because that was the question. It oh. was Garrett, is it the same level as his head? Garrett never answers. And then he, yeah. But he like walks around and looks and then he goes, okay. And then it's when he starts pulling it back up. Uh, so again, keep going. I'm glad I brought that up now because I actually didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, and then he's, oh, he, the second swing. And it's a really tense scene too. It's because like, oh, she's got the gun now. It's and... that, it's that classic, it's that Hitchcock, the, you know, there's a bomb under the table. In this case, there's a paint can coming for his head. Right. And he lets it fly and it hits and oh my God. 
take so Simba good. fuck out. So good. And it's the biggest payoff in the movie, which is, is why I'm harping on it. And it is for never showing the face. Yeah. Which I did not realize the first time watching that they never showed the face. I just think I assumed they showed it because Gore is nothing to me. Right. They actually slid, I think they slid sideways to show yellow paint and a little bit of red blood hitting. Yeah. And yeah. then they show the blood the on foot. his leg. Which. And mm-hmm. Garrett is covered in yellow. Yeah. Which. I would swear for all the world that they got that effect by actually dripping ketchup and mustard down his leg. Yeah, it looked exactly like that. Yeah. And then, like, I think Garrett, (coughs) one of them makes a line about looking like a fucking hot dog. Yeah. (laughs) Which just immediately cemented that in my head, like, oh my God, no, it really was ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. I think that's also the first murder in the film, really. That is, yes. that is officially the first murder, yeah. yes. And I mean, who knows best. how many animals he's killed, but... Well, at least one. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah the, the, hamster. the hamster. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah. He killed I killed your, your hamster. hamster on purpose. Yeah. No, I love that. You said he escaped through the hole. He did. He was just dead already. That's, I love that line. I love that, like... I, 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 he's I like, just so nonchalant I, I love I love witty Luke because he's perfect. Like, yeah. yeah, no, he did escape. I didn't really lie. He just happened to be dead already. Right? <laughs> uh, okay. No, I do love that. My, and I, like I said in the synopsis, that image up of the two splotches of yellow going and oh, the yeah. big gap where his head was, yeah. best, like... We're not going to show you, but we're going to tell you everything. Right. Yeah. Like, that was Spielberg doing Jaws realness right there. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. that's the shark, but it's not the shark. Right. Yeah. And his and his 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 glee at what actually happened. Yes. He was oh. amazing. It was, it was so perfect. It was, I was actually kind of, like, happy with him. Like, oh, my God, that really was amazing. Wait, he just, oh, shit. He just yeah, no, it. that was, like, the gleeful <laughs> horror movie, horror fandom when you're like, yes, yeah. awesome death. You right. know, that was awesome. You know, where you're like, that was perfect, because no one else really gets an awesome death. I mean, right. slit to the throat, hung, shotgun to the face. I mean, yeah. no one else gets a good slasher death. That right. Was, yeah. That's... Yeah, he got all his set pieces out on Ricky. He did. He he oh. he really had a lot of fun with. I think Ricky was like the the most anger he had, yeah. and then Jeremy well, was because just, he was the current. I wonder was everything going to be pinned on Ricky until he decided, "Ooh, I haven't tested the paint can yet," and then he had to improvise. Yeah, I think he he invited Jeremy over first. Right. So I think he was actually going to pin it on Jeremy specifically because everybody knew that Jeremy was a, well... A stalker. He was kind of a stalkery yeah. creep, and he set it up that way. No, I see that. I see that. I, I forgot the order of the calling. Yeah. yeah. So that changes that theory. So is there... Um, I don't know. Anything else what worth mentioning? Um, oh, so the ending. She used duct tape to close her wound. Yeah. I'm glad someone do Zector Machina. Mm. Yeah. Well, I was never quite clear on what exactly he did. Did he stab her? Did he slit her throat? He slit her throat. Yeah. Okay. He slit her throat on the side. Okay. Which isn't really going to be the best choice, kid. You should have. I just. Well, I think he was going. The idea. He's going the the femoral artery. The femoral arteries in your leg. No, you're like carotid. Carotid. Sorry. Slicing someone's throat doesn't always necessarily mean they're going to bleed out. Yes, it's going to bleed. Well, you slice them in the front so that you also slice open their trachea. Right. Yeah. Which means they go to the side. I mean, she had to have literally, like, he had to have turned and she had to have jammed it up immediately because you bleed out very fast. Oh, yeah. From that, you know, it's under a couple minutes. You are completely bled out. But, um, no, I just, I was a little bit, like, that was duct tape, S Machina. Like, that was the machine of the duct tape. Uh, but that's some red green level shit, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> and duct tape does duct tape solves every problem. Yeah, so it's it was kind of like I liked that she lived. 
because I wanted her to live at the end. Mm-hmm. I really did. I liked that he... I, I Not even that I need a sequel, but I liked that he isn't unchallenged. He, I loved how smart he was, how good he was, how composed he was, and then that he still lost. Yeah. I think um, the ending of the movie, when at first he gets away, he has gotten away with it. And he, he reveals earlier in the movie that he was undertaking the whole thing. And I don't know that I believe him entirely. But saying that he, he undertakes the whole thing just because he wants to get back to that place where his mommy will hold him in his arms and to get his mother's affection. I know. And that moment when he does get it, though. Is yeah. an amazing moment. And that's, again, in my opinion, in my mind watching it, rather. That's the end of the movie. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's dark. And then... You hear the screen from off screen. Oh my God, we've got a live one. Yeah. Right. And then you realize that she survived and she, they're carting her into the ambulance and she flips him off. And instantly that was like, oh, yeah. that's the ending. Oh shit. And yeah. then there was the little scene in the credits, which took it. I liked down. it. I liked like, it. I gave it, I gave it an extra point for having the awesome ending. And then I took it right the fuck away for the credit scene because I, I didn't mm, like that. The only thing that would have been better is cradling him in her arms if she would have been like rubbing his head and said um i'm so happy that ashley made it and then they just would have you would have cut to his face like what right. and then that cut. would have been awesome. that would have been like the best like just fuck you ending of like we're not even gonna carry this out we're just gonna mention it real quick and then mm-hmm. fun that'd be a fun stabby twist ending but i gotta say i've really loved having her <laughs> see her go into the ambulance yeah. And watch his face just melt. Right. Yeah. So that was satisfying. And, and that was super satisfying. That was, that was more satisfying than watching him get kicked in the dick. Yeah. He is not very good at uh, life, that, that boy. No. No. He, he hasn't had enough of life to, to know or care yet. Yeah. So, uh, I, mm. so well, the one thing I, we've kind of already said it. We've gone through a lot. I mean, yeah. But I have to just say, I have to, open. I have to give him an extra nod. Go this kid, Levi Miller. Mm-hmm. He is 15. Yeah. For a 15-year-old, that level of acting that he showed in this movie oh, yeah. is stellar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The kid, 15-year-old should not be able to not be themselves to that degree. Right. And he easily portrayed so many different versions of his mask that like adult actors can't do that sometimes. And I feel right. like he, he did take it because you can see his references. Yeah. Like I said, the Patrick Bateman reference was yes. one. There are a couple others. He obviously watched like The Shining and some yeah. Nicholas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he definitely he watched the right older people to kind of yeah. learn the way to be crazy on right. screen. And, and that I, I, I did appreciate that. I, I saw those nods and I saw him pull them off beautifully. Yeah. yeah. He did, like even that scene at the end, when you watch it melt off his face, he did all of that right. with no words, no real movement, mm-hmm. just literally relaxing his yeah. face in just the right way. And that's right. not a reference, I don't think. That no. Actually, yeah. So I think that was watching the experience of that was watching him go from kind of doing these little pastiche like references of all of these things and then watching him go to um to this other moment, which is like, there's not really, no, yeah. it's happened in other movies, I'm sure, but it's not a, it is an individual thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a, it's, you, it's not a reference you, to something. Yeah. Unless you look like that other person, you're not going to show the same kind of yeah. change in facial expression. Yeah, just, right. He just, yeah, I, I really, and I, you look at his filmography and he's done shit. 
He drives yeah. this movie so He's hard. done like, nothing. He's done this. His next movie is the Wrinkle in Time movie. Which is... Oh, that, that I'm so looking forward to. I, I did not get into those books as a child, so I'm I not there. I loved those books as a kid. But, so. but anyway. Podcast. I mean, this, this kid is... Fantastic. In yeah, that regard. yeah. He's a great actor. And, and I'll, I'll probably say that, you know, the director or whoever probably gave him some homework and said, watch these and no, get and references actually, from there. And that's fine. Garrett, um, it, from The Visit, Garrett is a fantastic actor himself. That yeah. kid, Oxen something, Oxen Good, Oxen Wood, mm-hmm. whatever his name is. But um, he was great in The Visit. Um, yeah. He plays a germaphobic white child who loves to rap. Yeah. And that kid sells his love of rap. So, like, not ironic. So, like, just, yeah. I am, like, a 10-year-old who just really loves rap, and I'm going to be a rapper. Yeah, I think he sells, I think he sells Garrett really well. He too. does, yeah. So, but I love putting those two together, and even just them interacting. Like, I would have wanted more of them interacting. I actually thought Ashley did a great job being a final girl, but she didn't particularly sell me as an actress as in much. The, yeah. In the first act, I thought she was particularly kind of wooden and not all that great yeah later in the film I, i've warmed up to she does. i want to see her do action movies like i think action is maybe where her yeah. her yeah. acting i wouldn't exists. mind seeing her do something that's not just responding to some dickhead who's got her tied up yeah definitely yeah. no it's uh, give her some agency some action you know yeah i think she's but yeah a, she, she, she can get her own marvel movie who doesn't have a marvel movie now yeah, just, right i'm sure oh, yeah i'm Women. sure I'm sure Levi Miller has one coming out soon, you know. Probably. <laughs> He'll be one of Spider-Man's villains. <laughs> so, so, so what, what do we think about this movie? Frankly, for me, again, only because of this portrayal of this villainous kid and, and it making me uncomfortable to the point where I did not enjoy it. I, I'm really only giving this a middle of the road. The rest of the movie, it was fine. It's watchable. It's certainly good. But that characterization of that kid took it down for me. And I understand it's the villain. And I understand that, you know, that's the way he's supposed to be. And it's not necessarily a value judgment on anyone else. It's just we wanted this kid to be the villain. And we're going to do this whole, you know, men's rights activist. The girl is mine. You can't have her bullshit. Don't waste your time. Yes. Cause the goddamn babysitter's mine. She's mine. She's mine. No, 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 she's mine. Stop! Stop! Anyway, what are the you? Babysitter is mine. <laughs> what did you think, Alex? I um, I give this. Um, <laughs> I easily give this four out of five. Um, paint cans falling from the stairs. Um. Oh my god, this is the cutest cat ever. It's so amazing. She's adorable. Oh. Um it's just oh I can't help it. I I love this movie. This movie, just like the babysitter, did for me just hit all of the right places of like um what I want out of kind of this this kind of horror. Yeah. You know, I feel like this is the movie the babysitter. I thought the babysitter was going to be with the evil kid and the the good babysitter. And this is the opposite. This is the evil kid and the good babysitter, you know? And I'm like, I, this is a double feature. These, why, why didn't I go see both of these movies at a drive-in, you know, where I gave someone a hand job in between because I was bored (laughs) or something. And I had three hot dogs and a thing of popcorn. Like, I want this night to happen. Um, I mean, at least least the movies and the popcorn, not hot dogs. Right. Um, Maybe not the hand job. That's what you do at drive-ins, right? You have sex in some weird way. But I don't want to not see the movie. So the other things that I like to do are like not facing During the, the intermission. Hands up. Let's all go, go to the, the lobby. lobby to jerk off a guy named Pete. 
Only if Pete's cute enough. Um, I reserve the right to change who Pete is. Oh, once the lights go down, you can't tell. <clears throat> it's they not the true. It's so not true. Um, four out of five, though. Four out of five. Easily loved it. Loved Levi Miller. Want to see his career go somewhere. Really, really wish he would have been one of the boys in it. Yeah. Just saying it. Just saying it. He could have been the little Jewish boy. Kind of looks like him. Yeah. I'm going to go with it. He's a better actor. <laughs> um, I kind of feel like I need to watch this again just because I... Like the babysitter, I'm glad you brought it up because of uh, I remember not liking the first third of the babysitter the first time I watched it, and then the second time I watched it, it was exactly like well, you we said, were all kind of on that. We specifically said that during our yeah. podcast. Yeah. And the I, first twenty minutes of the babysitter suck. Yeah, yeah no, well, I, actually, I, I, but, and I watched it the second time, and then I was I was the one who was like, no, no, here, this is where yeah. it sets and, everything and up. This movie does does a better second watching. It really does. Yeah, fair enough. Like so, you catch so many little things. So yeah. I, I, my opinion will probably change a little bit on a second viewing, but I, I can't guess for that. So considering that it got off to a really bad start and where it ended up going, like, yeah, it's okay. So um, it I'm, bookends poorly for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna give it a solid three out of five menstrual cramps mm. and diarrhea. Oh god! No. Oh god. The 0.5, should the 0.5 be? But yeah, you know what? I don't. I try not to. I try not to do. I try not to do fractions or decimals. Yeah. So there we go. The diarrhea could be the half star. On that note, join us next week as we talk about New Year's Evil. Evil. And if you need to contact us, lay eggs in our brain, not hire that babysitter, go ahead and email us at bob at candycoatedrazor.com. Hit us up on the website at candycoatedrazor.com. Catch me on Twitter at, at CandyRazorBob and search for us on Facebook using Candy Coated Razor Blades. And you can contact me on Twitter at ZanmanHorrorFan. That's X-A-N-M-A-N HorrorFan. Or you can email me about all your podcasting and horror needs at podcasthorror at gmail.com. And you can at me on Twitter, slide all up in my DMs or whatever, at OhShutUpAndy, OhShutUpAndy. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are hearing this podcast. Share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with people you don't even know. Take out an ad for us in the back of Maxim Magazine. Mm. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Totally. We gave Maxim a solid bro up. We, oh God. Okay, on that note, bye. Bye. The Candy Coated Razor Blades podcast is distributed under Creative Commons License 3.0, attribution, non-commercial, share alike. Visit us on the web at www.candycoatedrazor.com. Theme music for this episode is 13 Monsters by Lightning Bolt. Visit them on the web at www.laserbeast.com.